I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer, the number one gun rights rated podcast in the world, as per Feedspot. Hey, we have some interesting things to discuss, uh, and of course, at the end of the show, we have the ever-popular gun owner fuck-up of the week. But actually, what I'm going to be talking about here are some other uh, items that could even possibly qualify as a gun owner fuck-up of the week, but uh, it's not going to be the official ones. But it's still things that we as gun owners need to learn from what happens to others and not repeat what is arguably their mistakes or at least recognize that if you do behave the way they behave, that it ends up enhancing problems instead of taking away problems. And so let me explain here by starting off with a case that I'm very sympathetic to, but let me tell you what happened here, and you you can think about this. Now, believe it or not, it's not a New Jersey case. Yeah, I know, shock of all shocks. It's a California case, so of course it's just as atrocious as any New Jersey case. Now, this case, though, involves a uh, Los Angeles father who's a wealthy guy, and he lives in a $2 million house, and he was attacked on his own property at his house by two masked intruders as they tried to break into his luxury home. Now, I am reading this, by the way, getting some of these facts, just for all fairness, from uh, the Daily Mail article, and it was by uh, Antia Bahol for the Daily Mail. And uh, in this um, piece, it is uh, written that... uh, after he defended himself, got into a gunfight, folks, with these masked intruders, defending his five-month-old baby in the house, even, with a shootout. He is being stripped of his firearm permit by the California authorities there. Stripped of his firearm permit. You You know why? Want to know why, after successfully defending his home and his family and his five-month-old child, California has suspended his Second Amendment rights? Ready for that? Because he yelled at the police. That's right. He blasted, he quote, blasted the LAPD for sloppy police work, including their alleged negligence and picking up casings scattered near his home as evidence. Oh, my God, how dare he criticize the police? I'm sure he was charged with obstruction. How dare he tell them how to do their job? He has no place whatsoever to do such a thing. And, of course, that's contempt of cop. And, you know, cops are very sensitive about those things. You can't tell them or advise them or explain the... No, 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 no. You've got to let them do their job. Period. You speak up and say nasty things like, hey, you're missing evidence over there. Or how about the following? Well, 
Then they moved to take your gun license. Now, this is, of course, outrageous. That his uh, First Amendment right, even, that his ability to communicate after this high-stress situation, oh, well, that is, of course, time to take away his gun. Time to take away his gun in, a, in this area that has seen incredible rise in crime. In California itself, which has seen this ridiculous rise in crime. And, you know, all this happened, by the way, at his front door. It's all on camera. And it happens time and time again, as he said, all over the country. The defender. The defender making this point. Here's what it says. Listen to this. It says, on November 4th, just after Ricky, his name is Ricky, his last name, returned home to his gated L.A. home, two armed men jumped the fence and tried to force their way into his house. Armed men trying to force their way into his house, folks. Footage of the gun right revealed the moment in which he is approached by one of the masked assailants at about 7.30 p.m. In a swift attempt to defend himself, his wife and his five-month-old and the nanny inside his house, Ricky reached for his gun and started a shootout with the intruders. But he complained about sloppy police work. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So even though this is about as righteous as righteous could get for a shoot, even though he saved his family's life, his baby's life, his wife's life, his nanny's life, his own life, and ended up thwarting armed attackers trying to do a hot robbery break-in who knows what else kidnapping who knows this is what this man's gone through he's an nra member and proud of it and a matter of fact nra said that they're proud to have uh, vince i guess first name is vince last name ricky as a fellow nra member and called his permit being revoked reprehensible and you know, folks, it is reprehensible. And it's the kind of thing that if it happened in New Jersey, it wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I'm sure you wouldn't be either. Between the anti-gun policies of California and New Jersey, the anti-Second Amendment, their victim disarmament policies where they don't want you to be defenders, they don't want us to defend ourselves, our family, our loved ones. They do not want it. They hate that we can do that. They want us to be defenseless. They want us to be helpless. And you see over and over again when law-abiding defenders exercise their right, particularly in these anti-gun bastions of hatred for gun owners and self-defense and the Second Amendment, you see the defender being prosecuted the defender being stripped of their constitutional rights. You see the defender having an abuse of the licensing system take place. That's exactly what's going on here. It's outrageous. And it is something that we need to fight and address and change and put safeguards in. Look, the battle lines on our gun rights, the key 
war zones where the battlefield for our rights are these anti-gun states like New Jersey, California, etc. That's where they pass these extreme laws. That's where they are doing evil by trying to disarm us and take away our rights. And you can see here exactly what kind of an upside-down world is this. This man shouldn't be having his permit revoked. He should be at least thanked by the government. You know, this is uh, sad, and we're seeing it over and over again, and now with the threat level even higher, where these threats are part of even a, a war, a war where there's terrorists that want to destroy us. They've already demonstrated what they will do in Israel. There's no question. They're already here. It's not me saying it. I mean, this is our own government's admitting it. They know it. And so it's going to be left us to, uh, up to us to defend ourselves. And yet look what happened. So you know what? He did a good thing. He defended himself. He did what was right. But unfortunately, you know, criticizing the police, oh, well. You can lose your gun rights for that, you know? So watch out. And that's not the first time I've seen this. I've seen it before, and I've seen it in New Jersey, too, where any kind of uh, attempt to in any way tell the police what to do, what you think might be necessary in the situation, I mean, just because you're the one in the situation and realize everything that's going on. They're just getting there, and you might actually know something. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't be telling anybody what to do now. Because I had other cases where that was also the inflammatory reason to focus on the gun owner. And I had a case a while ago, but it was a case where individual and his significant other who had restraining orders against a bad bunch of folks. She was a dancer in Union County, by the way. That's where this took place. And by the way, she was not a uh, prostitute or anything. She just legal, legal dancer, lawful. And he was uh, there with her. And these folks had come all the way from Camden, and these bad guys had followed them there to this place in Union. And so there were restraining orders out on them. So my client called the police, right thing to do, called the cops, said, hey, these people are here violating restraining order. They shouldn't even be here. I mean, they're coming from Camden. And he was pointing them out to them. Oh, don't tell us what to do. Don't tell us how to do. Guy's scared and afraid for his... For his significant other, and these people are dangerous, and they're there. Oh no! So now the focus becomes on him. Well, it so happens that one of the uh, people that knew the bad guys and knew the dancer knew that my client was a gun owner. Didn't know that he had a gun on him or anything like that, but knew that he was an owner and just took a shot and said, "I mean, uh, a chance." Didn't fire a gun, but just took a chance and said, "Hey." 
he's got a gun on him. Now, this person didn't know that he had a gun on him. Didn't know that at all. Just said it as a guess because he was a gun on him. Now, the funny thing is, he did have a gun on him because he was afraid of these guys. And guess what? That's a problem in Jersey. We don't have a carry permit. This was before, you know, Bruin decision and all that. So he ends up jammed up on the whole thing. And we end up bringing a suppression motion, meaning asserting that the search and seizure Fourth Amendment issues, that there were problems in this case, and the evidence should be suppressed. Now, prior to that, we had applied into PTI, and he got denied PTI on the gun case. You have to fight to get into PTI, and gun cases are not routinely put into PTI, even though we do that. And PTI can be a good solution where somebody technically has violated the law, and they're a first-time offender, and they end up where they get this program where as long as you don't get into any more trouble, there's no jail, and there's no felony conviction, there's no conviction at all. It's like one free bite at the apple. So we tried to get him in. They denied it. So now we're in the normal course of fighting it, and I bring a suppression motion. Now, here's the key for suppression. When there's a search without a warrant, the burden of proof is on the government to prove that the search was lawful. So what defense counsel does is file a notice of motion for summary judgment, and then the state is supposed to file their brief first, and then we respond as to whether this was proper. Well, lo and behold, the judge in this case Union County judge even sent a uh, scheduling letter ordering when the briefing was to be done by the state, when the briefing was to be done by the defense. So that's all good, and we're waiting and waiting. Guess what we never get? We never get the brief from the state. So I, like, sent a letter to the state. Hey, where's your brief? You know, we we need it so we can reply. Then guess what? The state says, well, we're not going to submit a brief. Like, what do you mean? You're ordered to. You have to. It's the rules. Not only is it the rules, it's the letter from the judge ordering it. No, we don't have to. So I'm kind of shocked about it. But I said, all right. So I wrote a brief anyway saying how absolutely, unbelievably outrageous it was for the state to not do a brief to disobey the court's order, to disobey the rules, to not follow constitutional law here, and put counsel at a disadvantage. And I, I just was, uh, I really went at the state hard, as well they you know, should have been, and then argued what I think would be the issues on the suppression and re- try to reserve and preserve a right to further reply if the state ever does write a brief. Okay, so that's what I filed. Now, you would think, if you were the state, you got my brief, or I'm complaining about your inability, your failure to follow the rules, follow the letter, and do a brief, that maybe you might just decide, hey, you know what? Let's just do a brief. Hey, it's pretty simple. Do your job. Do the brief, right? No! Instead, the state does an entire brief on why they don't have to do a brief. I'm not kidding. A brief on why they don't have to do a brief, which is ridiculous. So I get to court on this day. And I'm ready to argue in front of the judge on the motion. And the judge immediately says to me, extremely sternly, by the way, he says, Mr. Knappen, sit down. And I'm like, yes, Your Honor. I sat down, and he turned to the prosecutor 
the assistant prosecutor who was there filling in that day on this motion and proceeds to tear him a new one over how dare he ignore the rules, ignore his order, ignore his letter. He was chewing him into little bits, so much so, no exaggeration, that he was, the prosecutor now, was crying from the uh, <clears throat> scolding that the judge was pouring on, and it was absolutely silent, other than the prosecutor whimpering, and the judge letting him have it over this entire episode. At that point, someone upstairs heard about it in the prosecutor's office, like I uh, said, you got to see what's going on down there. And one of the top prosecutors comes down and sees his <coughs> attorney whimpering in front of the judge. And at that time, the judge is turning to me and he says, well, Mr. Knappen, I know in your motion you asked for sanctions and for the motion to suppress to be granted because of the failure to file a brief. He says, under the rules, I cannot do that. But I can grant you sanctions against the Union County Prosecutor's Office. What sanctions would you like? And at that point, other than a little bit of whimpering from the prosecutor, it was dead silent. And it was like the air was, you know, weighing 10 tons. And everybody's waiting for me for my answer. And this will date it a little bit. But at that point, I turned to the judge and said, Judge, I would like a caning. And everybody burst into laughs. Because at that time, there was a case in Malaysia where the guy had done graffiti and he'd received a caning from the Malaysian authorities. And I thought that was pretty good. And even the judge laughed and that cut the tension. At which time I said, uh, Your Honor, I'd like a week to think about it. And he said, very well. You have a week to tell me what sanctions you'd like. So I walk out of the court, and the other prosecutor comes after me, and he says, you're not going to actually get sanctions again. You're not actually going to ask for sanctions. I go, hey, wait. So I said, stop, stop, stop. He said, are you putting my guy in PTI or not? And they said, well, what do you mean, a quid pro quo? I just said, no, just tell me. Are you putting my guy in PTI or not? Yes, we're putting him in PTI. I said, good. I don't want sanctions. And that's how we save that client from becoming a convicted felon and doing mandatory state prison time. So there is uh, a true story. And keep in mind that um, it's difficult in these emotional situations to uh, keep, your, um, keep your cool. But you got to do that. And um, police are very sensitive when you try to tell them how to do their job. So don't bother. Wait for them to ask you. Don't be yelling at them. Getting them all upset. Because then you're going to have a licensing fight. But maybe you want to have a licensing fight. I'm happy to fight for you. And I'll fight for that. I'd fight for this guy in a minute. Come on. It's crap. He needs his license back. So what if he yelled at the police over this because he was upset and they weren't finding evidence? Sounds like a legitimate uh, point to make. But anyway, when it comes to fighting for our rights, we, of course, are blessed in New Jersey to have the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They are the number one gun rights defender in the state. They are the state affiliate of the NRA. And they are on our side like, like nobody else. They're there in Trenton. 
full-time paid lobbyists. So they're in the courts litigating and fighting for our constitutional rights against the Murphy Carry Killer Bill, the assault firearm ban, the MAG ban. We're starting to see a lot of good progress there. I'm very excited about it. Things are going to change. And the association is helping to make that happen. So look, you need to be a member of the association. You need to be part of the solution. Please join the association. Let your vice voice, let your vice, that's pretty good. Let your voice be heard. Keep your vices to yourself. Let your voice be heard through them. Because with unity, there is power. So uh, join anjrpc.org. Go right there and get a membership. And also, of course, I want to mention our great friends at We Shoot. We Shoot is a indoor pistol range in Lakewood. It's a great range. I truly do love We Shoot. I'm not just saying that. I go there. I shoot there. I got my qualifications there. So does my family. It's super fun. They're like family. They're great people. You'll love the range. And there it is right there in Lakewood, you know, central Jersey, located so conveniently to the parkway. You know, it's always, uh, you know, what exit kind of a deal as to where you live. Well, they're right there, right off the parkway. Easy to get to. And you got a great resource where you can shoot. You need to check out We Shoot. We need to keep our ranges strong so we have a place to shoot. You need to get your certification for your carry. Go there. That's the place. They're just doing yeoman's work getting people certified and helping people to shoot and having a lot of fun at the same time. Go to weshootusa.com and check out their website. And also, now is the time when I will shamelessly plug my book. That is the New Jersey Gun Law book. New Jersey Gun Law is in its 25th anniversary edition. I know many of my listeners have this book, and I appreciate it because that's what keeps you on top of the law, because right on the front cover is that QR code, and I know you've all scanned it, but for those of you who don't have the book, you need to know about it. You scan it. It's free. You get in my subscriber base, 100% free, and you're alerted within 24 hours of any law change in Jersey that affects our rights, whether it's a court case or a legal decision or a new law or threats of laws. So you want to stay on it. And that's how the book stays current. So go to evannappin.com and pick up a copy of New Jersey Gun Law. It's the Bible of Jersey Gun Law. Ask anybody who has it. And when you get your copy, never loan it to a friend because you'll never get it back. I hear that all the time. Okay. When I come back, I have some really interesting letters from our wonderful listeners. And, of course, the Gun Owner Fuck Up of the Week. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. 
a bright orange gun law bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I really appreciate you joining me here. This is a chance for me to help protect what I care about most. That's my brothers and sisters in arms. We've got to protect our constitutional rights. We've got to stay legal. We've got to get through this transition period as we go from horrific gun law to firearm freedom, and we will get there. I know we will eventually have constitutional carry in New Jersey and in the Seventy-five percent of New Jersey gun laws will be gone, erased from the books. We're getting there, and we're doing a great job of it. But till then, you need to be safe. You need to be able to protect yourself, and you need to stay legal. So I don't want to see you make any mistakes and end up being victims of New Jersey gun law. So here's a great letter from Jim. Jim says, I love the podcast, always learning something new. Today I'm trying to learn how to avoid becoming the gun owner fuck-up of the week. Well, I don't blame you for that, and that's exactly why we have it. I got my PTC in September 22 from a Monmouth County judge, and it listed a SIG P320. I've qualified with that. After several months of back and forth with the court, the prosecutor's office, and his local PD, I was able to get a chief-issued permit, which allowed me to add more handguns that I qualified with to the permit. A qual per handgun was a requirement to add guns without reapplying. Yesterday I had the opportunity to shoot C-Care qualification. I submitted the required paperwork to my town along with a list of additional handguns I intend to carry. The question is, does the submission of additional handguns I intend to carry supersede the handguns listed on my PTC? Okay. Now let's be clear here. There's only two kinds of carry permits that Jersey issue. They're either the old judge-issued ones where they could create restrictions and went under the old law where the judges abused that law to create restrictions and mandate qualification for each gun, etc. But then under the new law, even though so much of the new law sucks, there are actually some things about the new law that were actually improvements. And one of them was getting rid of judges, thank God. And the other is By being a chief-issued permit, the addition of guns is simply done by doing the form that you can find at the state police website where you list other guns that you intend to carry. And you simply submit that form to your local chief, and there is no need to separately qualify on each gun. And we've talked about this before. As long as you've passed C-Care, you have met core competency. And that's it. All you need is C-Care. 
It's not a per-gun qualification. It's not certification per gun. With the chief-issued permits, you have proven your qualification by passing CARE. You have that certificate that you qualified, that you submitted. And then you can carry any handgun you want as long as it's a lawful handgun. That's it. And you have to provide that list of those guns that you intend to carry. You do not have to qualify individually. Now, when I'm reading your letter here, it says something that I don't understand. It's a little weird. It said the chief issued the permit, which allowed me to add more handguns that I qualified with to the permit. I don't know what kind of arrangement that was with the chief. But that arrangement itself is not found in the statute, by the way. That, that, that arrangement of you having to qualify for each. So I don't really get what that's about. But the fact is a chief issued permit is a chief issued permit. As far as New Jersey law is concerned, there's no individual qualification required for per gun. No such thing. It's a demonstration of core competency through the C-Care course that you know how to shoot. And you pass that, and you're certified to that, and then you have the handguns that are on your list that you submit. And it's not about qualifying with any of those handguns per se. Now, if you want to qualify with some of those handguns, go right ahead. If you want to certify and qualify with every one of them, you want to train with every one of them. In fact, you should. No problem. Totally cool. But it's not part of the law itself. So that's the deal on Jim's case. Then I got another letter here, and this is from Eric. Eric says, hi, Evan. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for your public education, activism, and service to our 2A community. Well, you're welcome, and I love doing that. You are truly one of a kind, and so many of us rely on your knowledge and work in this field. Well, thank you again. My question for your consideration is, if some random street protest riot blocked the road that I was traveling on, surrounded my car, blocked my exit, started attacking my car, what would be my legal recourse in escaping that situation? So what you're asking there is what do you do in that situation? Now, the first thing you want to do is use your cell phone and call the police for help. Call 911, call the police, tell them what's going on, tell them you need help. Now, if, quote, being attacked, if they're attacking you, particularly with weapons, and if the attack and their actions create justification based on what? Self-defense law, right? And what's it in Jersey? Justification for the use of deadly force. So you have to be justified in the use of deadly force. And what's going to make that justification is going to be very fact-specific. Not only are you in fear, which I can understand being fearful in that situation, but are you being threatened with serious bodily injury or death? Is your use of force in this case, deadly force, if you're going to use your gun to shoot? Is it justified by those facts? I don't know the answer to that because that's a fact question. 
And you have to make sure that you are if you're going to use your gun. But your best bet every time is first call the police, try to get them there to rescue you. If they're not in the vehicle, if it's a situation where your life isn't in danger, but granted you're scared, well, do not use your gun. Remember, it's a thing of last resort. Remember, eventually, if you do use it, we're going to have to convince a jury. We're going to have to convince a jury of your justification for the use of deadly force. Remember, that jury is made of 12 people who aren't smart enough to avoid jury duty. And that's who we're going to have to convince. So be very, very cautious and very careful. But I want to emphasize this idea of calling the police. Do not be a defender unless you are forced into it. But if you're forced into it, and of course we don't want anyone to be helpless. But the calling the police can be a very significant factor in your assertion of self-defense. Because I can tell you right now, individuals who defend themselves but had the opportunity to first call the police to get resolution and failed to do so, the prosecutors, the state, they will jam that fact up your behind on cross-examination. How come you didn't call the police? How come you didn't when you had a cell phone right there? How come you didn't try to get help first? Now, I get all the arguments about why you weren't thinking necessarily about that, but you need to train yourself here. First thing you want to do is call the police in the situation of danger. Do not be the hero. If you can avoid your use of your gun, use of force, then you let the police do their job and make sure you've called them. That will help you in your own defense. It could help you so you never need to be on a stand having to defend yourself. And it is something that is looked at and questioned about. Should this actually get to a situation where it's being tried. So beware of that. And thank you for a great question. So now let's talk about the gun owner fuck up of the week. And I'll tell you what I want to talk about because, man, I've gotten clients so many times that have made this mistake and it ends up complicating things. It ends up possibly leading to criminal charges, leading to licensing revocation. And here's the deal, folks. You cannot store your guns at somebody else's house. You cannot store your guns at your friend's house. You can't store your guns at your mom's house. You can't do that. Your guns need to stay at your residence, secured by you under your dominion and control. If you give your guns to somebody else to hold, except with narrow, certain narrow exceptions here. We'll get to them in a minute. You've just done an unlawful transfer of your firearm. You take your handgun to your buddy's house and you say, here, hold this for me because you've got a great gun safe that I love. Well, you've just transferred that gun. That gun is your gun. Now it's in your friend's possession. It's even locked in his safe. 
So you've got a problem there. Don't do that. Yet if you keep your gun at your house, you have an exemption under New Jersey law for your possession in your home so that you're exempt to possess it in your home, no less. There's no exemption for you to possess your gun at your friend's house. You're just jamming yourself up to lose your license, to get criminally charged, to have complications. Don't do it. Now, there are certain storage facilities that are approved for gun storage. There are businesses that focus on doing that. There are gun ranges that will do that. FFL dealers that will do that. Fine. There's exemption and provision that allows them to store. So we need to store your gun outside your home for whatever reason. You get it done by a professional who's authorized to do so. You just don't give it to a friend or give it to a relative or keep it someplace out of exemption where you're jeopardizing yourself and your friend and your gun rights and possible criminal charges and losing your license and the whole bit. So don't do that. And yet I see it happen a lot. Now, sometimes courts, sometimes, will order and make arrangements for firearms to be stored somewhere else. If that's being done under a court order, well, you're protected because the courts ordered it. And whether that's technically correct under Jersey law or not, you're following a court order. Judges have a lot of power, and if a judge has ordered it, you're not going to get in trouble for obeying the judge's order. So these are certain exemptions, right? Okay, so professional storage places or a court order that structures something like this, okay. But short of that, don't make this mistake. Make sure your guns stay with you in your possession, that unauthorized persons can't access your guns. You have to be this way, particularly in New Jersey, so you can maintain your gun rights. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.